Hello there, you luge lizards. It's Chappy, your British butler. Keep calm and cauliflower cheese, episode 164. And straight off the bat, another wondrous snowstorm last night. Another five inches last night. Oh, yes. Oh, no. Yes. Oh, Mrs. No. Ooh. That's how much. Seriously. It was, uh, I think, maybe the biggest storm of the winter so far. Snow coverage quite severe i have to say and um i'm trying my own olympic sport here and i think this should become olympic sport you put down a basically an ice rink which outside chappy towers nobody bothers to nobody bothers to knock not knock apart the ice here very lazy travis needs to get off his ass and start uh, chipping away at the ice here maybe make an ice sculpture but that's how much ice there is but there should be an olympic sport where you take a big fella and an ice rink and put them on there, maybe with some yak tracks on, or maybe not, and see how long they can stay up for. I, even with the yak tracks on, one foot started sliding. Uh, I basically did a pirouette, and um, they rated it probably two out of ten, I would say. If the judges came came in, it would be a very, very low rating. Very inelegant, uh, but um, half, half my body went down, but I managed to stay upright. But I probably just ripped my back here. So that's my Olympic sport. Um, and I think I'd be very, very good at it. But also, I was thinking about the luge. Yeah, so I was, I don't know if you know about the luge in the uh, in the Winter Olympics. First of all, like some, wouldn't you just love some like lounge luge music? I mean, I wouldn't want to be going down the, um, the slopes too quickly in my luge. My luge leisure wear as well. I mean, you could... It could be an, it could be a whole thing, a luge suit instead of the lounge suit, but dress to impress when you're on the slopes. I think it's very very important. So, and I was trying to read about it. I wanted to. I've never never heard this before. I've seen it, I think, but never before. So, luge is a winter sport featured at the Winter Olympic Games, where a competitor or a two-person team rides flat sled while lying supine. Isn't that like being like a wolf or something? Or was that Wupine? There's something like between Wolverine and Supine. Anyway, Supine. So you're laying down, basically Supine. Is that, what, what sort of position is that? Is that you laying on your back and your partner's on top of you also laying on their back? Or are you face to face? It could be the perfect sport for Valentine's Day, I think, here. It's usually contested over a specially designed ice track, well, reinforced if it's my case, I suppose, to allows gravity to increase the sled speed. The winner normally competes the route with the fastest overall time. It was first contested in the 1964 Winter Olympics with men and women's events and doubles events. I mean, mixed supine luge. <laughs> mixed supine luging. No, I didn't say lunging, luging sounds like the perfect sort of sport of intimacy saint valentine would be proud if he had come up with the idea of the luge and it sounds like the perfect sport so you you know you find yourself a partner uh you put you put a heated blanket on there i mean i wouldn't go down the black run but i might try the bunny slope so you put the heated blanket on there with your partner um and uh, and, and just let you know somebody pushes you off the slope and down you start flying down there i mean if it was at a more gentle speed i'd probably fall asleep 
it's a perfect it's a perfect sport for me. I would be a luge lizard. Uh, hopefully not a lecherous luge, but you know the people watching it, if they took a little bit too much uh, interest in it, they could be lecherous luge. And if you were very very good at it, you could be indeed the luge Lothario. It's actually gorgeous to be here today uh, for this episode to entertain you for the second time this weekend. I know what stamina. But I think we need to think of a solution. But the poor dogs here, I have two dogs, as you know, own quite a few dogs over the years. And this time of year when it's snowy and the ice gets between their feet, especially if they need to get older, but they have a little bit of uh, arthritis, um, then uh, the solution is this sort of wax, whether it's Dr. Mulch's sort of uh, Vaseline or something. I mean, probably you could use your luge lube which is obviously what you use when you're um, oiling up your board ready to go down the slope. You l- use your luge lube. I mean, this is, a ha- this is the gift that keeps on giving. I think the luge is now my favorite sport, especially with a heated blanket on it. But anyway, if you use your luge lube or you use your Vaseline uh, or uh, possibly some uh, butter-flavored shortening because you want to give the dogs a nice tasty treat if they lick, lick their paws, then uh, that could be good. But also maybe duck fat or goose fat. Could you rub that on the paws? Or wouldn't they want to go outside? They'd just spend all day licking their feet. I mean, if you put goose fat or duck fat on my paws, I would probably spend all day basically licking my paws. So on the podcast today, many wondrous things uh, coming your way down the line here, down the wire. Yeah, we, we're going to be talking about uh, how they've made the death and denial uh, trailer very trendy now you've got Agatha Christie you've got Poirot you've got a classic you don't need to make it trendy I mean the, the ship the film's got enough problems with obviously um, the alleged hammer situation hammer the cannibal or whatever it is army hammer uh, you've got that situation going on it's been delayed but you know what Kenneth Branagh did a bloody good job with uh, Murder on the Orange Express I don't know if it's the up to the Lume 1974 version, um, but I, I I tell you something. I love Orient Express, love Death on the Nile, love the uh, version with David Niven in the 70s and obviously Peter Ustinov. Really fantastic version. So, But I do like the Branner take on it, but you don't need to make it trendy. It's old school class, other than having Arnie and others but I just wish I bet they wish they could have like edited him out but uh, he's a big star in it apparently and uh, they they couldn't they could get rid of him so we will see because I, I guess it's been launched for Valentine's Day because what better on a Valentine's Day uh, uh, or Valentine's Day weekend to basically and watch somebody get murdered I mean, because a lot of people going to these Valentine's Day movies probably want to murder their spouse or partner anyway. And sitting next to them for two hours will probably uh, increase that, <laughs> increase the likelihood of that even happening. Also, are you a double flasher? Well, I think Trump is. We'll be talking about Trump the double flasher today. Uh, also, elevating biscuits and gravy. Uh, have I flushed any of my transcripts down? The transcripts of this show, I mean, we obviously very carefully edit and put these together. The great thing is, I mean, I ramble on about nonsense and people probably mishear me and all sorts of other things happen during this podcast. But um, it's difficult to put transcripts through it because I talk fast. 
talk British and I have my colloquialisms even. And uh, it's a bit of a problem. So, yeah, have I got any transcripts of this show? Will people want to see the transcripts? Possibly. Maybe I need to start flushing as well. Uh, also, IKEA plant-based meat. We'll be discussing that uh, potentially. I think I'm about, I'm going to put something. Have you ever put a CD in the microwave? Well, I think people were doing that in the 80s and 90s, weren't in seeing what happens. We're going to be putting something in the microwave today and basically see what happens. No, we're not putting any peeps in there, although you should put peeps in the microwave. But they blow up like a uh, big old yellow or pink, uh, a voluminous, um, slightly rotund bird and then explode. So for fun, you know, put this in your diary. So Easter, put a peep in the microwave for maybe one or two minutes. Don't burn them too much, though, because you'll never get the smell of burnt marshmallow out of your microwave. Also, we never talked about homeless the homeless chap I saw, who I see, I mean, he suddenly appears out of the bushes at night and uh, gives me the scare of, scare of life. And he leaves his shopping cart around the, the trail and he had a buddy the other day and they were having a, they're having all the fun and all the fun of the fair basically uh also the wondrous uh, the wonders of uh, of nature i saw something the other day and i was thinking you know what the birds trained us we'll be talking about that have you been measuring fruit recently we never talked about that yesterday and also the queen's corkies are quite chunky and i'm quite pleased about that we'll be possibly discussing that and again there's no set list here. There's nothing, it's not like Moses's tap. It's nothing's etched into the stone. And we're going to say, oh, here's Chappie's running order. We like a little bit of chaos. We like things to be a little bit loosey and dare I say, a little bit goosey. So my wonderful love um, is apparently maybe something for Valentine's Day. So I feel like some complete buffoon, uh, very unromantic because I'm terrible at making things and I wouldn't, if I made something, it would probably end up in a breakup because it would be so bad. I mean, I basically, when I made a, a pottery um, sarcophagus of Tutankhamun, yes, because I was into Egyptians, Egyptians when I was younger, um, it looked like some sort of constipated serpent. That was basically, because, you know, Tutankhamun has a serpent coming out of his death mask. Yeah, this was like a, a serpent that had probably... Um, not uh, not relieved itself for probably five weeks. So I'm not a very good at poultry or making anything. In the school magazine, uh, basically there's a picture of me uh, with my hands on the workbench and uh, Andrew has decided to screw his thumbs to the workbench. And that's ba that's the sort of thing I do. I do. I mean, I once got a hook from my finger when I went try to go fishing. Yes, I'm incredibly practical. So I'm not going to make anything because that, that, wouldn't be a thing. that wouldn't be a good thing. But very, very kind make. I don't know what it is yet quite excited um wondering if it's gonna be a practical gift you know like a uh, possibly a toolbox because hint hint you need to learn how to use these things um or maybe something else who knows but anyway i got a picture just now and it's basically um it almost looks like a michelangelo creation almost like the sistine chapel it could be the sistine chapel of laundry rooms and you've got a um basically some shelves and you've got beautifully, and I and, and people are saying, don't fold your towels, roll your towels. That, roll your, rolling your towels are much easier than folding. But she's basically rolled her towels, 
and it looks beautifully symmetrical and cylindrical and all of that. And then she's got some um, beautifully designed uh, little boxes. Hand, there's, uh, there's hand towels that are um, basically folded and squared. So you've got a, uh, a wonderful sort of laundry room uh, pastiche of roll towels, different colors, different pastels, hand towels, beautifully put together. And then right at the top, you've got a splash of color in there and uh, towels uh, basically folded, elongated. I mean, it is the perfect, if you're looking at a design for your laundry room and stacking it up, this is the most perfect thing I've seen. It is almost a work of art. And ladies and gentlemen, you know that you have a design classic when basically you've created the Michelangelo Sistine Chapel of laundry room shelves. Yes, we've got our favorite 20 tea brands ranked from worst to best. Okay, so Talbot Teas. Talbot Teas is a tea brand owing its beginnings to a reality show, Shark Tank. The brand's actual products are rather difficult to lock down today. How to make tea from herbs, uh, patchouli, and teas you should enjoy. Jamba Juice seems to be carrying Talbot Tea, matcha tea, in a matcha green tea blast still. Because of its limited menu, stagnant website, and lack of information, uh, this is uh, placed at the bottom of the list here. But Red Diamond, the American brand, has been perfecting teas for many years. And while it's true, Red Diamond is a very limited product line. It certainly is dang good. Dang good at what it does. However, because the Sonoma tea brands have the ability to offer a large variety of products, we place the brand near the bottom of the list. Red Diamond tea is tasty, but sometimes we want something other than black or green in our brew. Capital Teas, though offers an interesting product called Fruit Tisane. This is marketed as an alternative to soda containing dried fruits, nuts, beets, and some tea leaves with lots of flavors. We could see how this would be a perfect solution to the afternoon slump. The Imperial Tea Court uh, is, uh, has an extensive line including green, black, imperial, white, oolong, jasmine, yellow, purée, herbal, and Blossom tea. Its blossom teas are particularly unique and appealing. The teas are made from green tea leaves and have been hand-tied with a sphere bud shape. When the bud is immersed in hot water, the sphere opens up. Oh, it sounds very naughty, doesn't it? Uh, and, and the flower remains at the bottom of your mug. It's like a little orchid at the bottom of your mug of tea. Argo tea. Argo tea you may be very familiar with the line of bottled iced teas available at Walgreens and other retailers across the nation. These bottled teas come in delicious flavor. Hibiscus, Carolina honey tea, hibiscus tea squeeze, and green tea ginger twist. And then we have Upton tea. Upton tea specializes in loose leaf tea around the world. Founded in uh, 1989, the company offers many tea flavors and cupping notes via its website. We appreciate being provided with these notes and they can offer uh, it's a way to up our tea expertise and indeed snobbery. Bigelow Tea has 120 flavors of tea. Bigelow Tea offers tea for everybody. The American company stands out among uh, the rest because it takes great pride in its packaging. Each tea bag is packaged in a foil pouch in order to protect the quality of the tea. It almost looks like it's a uh, wrapping on a condom, basically. Uh, Good Earth Tea. We have been first exposed to Good Earth Tea. It's sweet and spicy original tea. It has a spicy, sweet line, including vanilla chai, caramel chai, chamomile, pomegranate, mango, matcha green, and peppermint. It was founded in 1972 and had large interest being environmentally friendly. 
In terms of flavour though, not all the blends are top-notch. Mighty Tea Leaf, variety of flavours from winter solstice to spring jasmine and turmeric ginger. I'm going to have to try that one. Mighty Leaf Tea has a lot of unique and intriguing flavour combinations. Newbie Organic Tea comes steeped dried lime drink they use to drink as children in Iraq. The company's vision is unique is to introduce unique and creative flavored teas into the US market while driving social change. Numi offers a variety of teas, including loose leaf, iced tea, and the Stay Healthy Collection. Teasvana, Teasvana tea, uh, currently only offers eight flavors. White chocolate peppermint, that sounds very festive. Mandarin, mimosa, jade, citrus, mint, peach tranquility, lemon, ginger, bliss, spiced apple cider, beach bellini, and Earl Grey, Earl Grey Cream. These flavors sound delightful. We're loving what the company's doing with the Teavana brand design and the limited offering of tea varieties. Then we have Honest Tea. Its mission is to promote health and wellness, reduce environmental footprint, and create economic opportunity and uh, democratize organics. We love its mission, strong health stance, and back its products. But we wish Honest Tea offered tea and other forms like tea bags or loose leaf tea. Then we have Stash Tea. Stash Tea flavors are extensive, including classics like premium green tea and English breakfast tea, as well as exclusive classics such as Christmas in Paris and decaf choco hazelnut tea. That sounds rather interesting. And then, obviously, Twinings. Twinings of London uh, offers a lot of different tea varieties, black herbal green wellness cold infusion why do long decaf organic not only but not only does a tea sell many types of tea it also offers many types and forms of tea tea bags loose leaf cold and even k-cups now that was the first english tea i found when i came to the us yogi tea is a large number of charitable international partnerships nature fund nevanda association and the kumari project the brands make a positive impact on society, so Yogi Tea is honestly one of the favorites. Not only is a company doing well in the world, uh, but it has a wonderful mission. Harney and Sons uh, has a long history and lots of innovation and creativity. And near, near the top of tea and over 300 variety of tea. Celestial seasonings with large variety of tea options, including Bengal Spice, Cranberry Vanilla Wonderland, sugar cookie sleigh ride and country peach passion <laughs> i mean they sound like <laughs> country peach passion and sugar cookie sleigh ride it sounds like porn star names uh lipton oh everybody knows lipton carries a huge product line including black tea green tea matcha agurus frescus health benefit teas and iced teas you name it lipton has it the history of american tea but my favorite is ranked at number two, PG Tips. Founded in 1869 by Arthur Brooke in Manchester, PG Tips was formerly known as the Pre-Gest Brooke eventually abbreviated this to some medical sounding term to PG and added the word tips to indicate the company only uses the tips of the tea leaves. You've got dairy-free, gold, extra strong, tasty decaf, plus caffeine, plus metabolism, original loose, original plus immunity. PG Tips is the British classic tea and has a wonderful mission with the Rainforest Alliance certified teas. But they rate, this article rates Tarzo. It carries a unique line of products, but it also 
brings strong values, Tarzo's brand purpose centers on sustainability and climate justice. To that end, it is partnered with American Forest, creating Tarzo Tree Corps, an effort that involves planting trees in BIPOC communities within five cities with a strong social impact and delectable products. This article ranks Tarzo as number one. But as I lift up my lovely cup of PG tips, mm, it's my number one, baby. So this was absolutely fascinating in the week here. Trump denies flushing documents down his White House toilet. Reporting from the forthcoming book claims White House staff found wads of paper clogging a toilet believed to be the then President Trump was responsible. White House staff during the Trump administration sometimes found wads of paper clogging a toilet. The detail comes from New York Times reporter Maggie Haberson's forthcoming book about Trump and was first reported by Axios on Thursday. Harberman told CNN Thursday this might have happened multiple times. The engineer would have come to fix the toilet and what the engineer would find would be clods of uh, wet printed paper, meaning it was not toilet paper, it was notes of some other piece of paper they believed to be thrown down the toilet. It was in the pipes, it was in the bathroom. Trump denied the story and it says, fake news, that I flushed papers and documents down a White House toilet it's categorically untrue and simply made up fake news. Um, the new details about the White House plumbing problem comes days after the former White House aide, uh, the Apprentice contestant Amarosa uh, Maganol Newman, said that Trump loved to tear up documents and that she once saw the former president chewing White House documents after meeting with the then lawyer Michael Cohen. I walked back in and I saw Donald Trump. He was very concerned about whatever was exchanged and shared and whatever was on this piece of paper appeared to be of great concern to him. So he tore it up. He normally does that. But then he put it in his mouth and it was very bizarre because he's a germaphobe. He never puts paper in his mouth. I mean, when, what else did he put in his mouth? Well, you know, he like Russians and... Uh, showers of the golden variety i believe the former allegedly the former president was well known for his tendency to destroy documents in 2018 politico reported on two federal records management analysis whose jobs became taping back together documents trump had ripped into tiny pieces so they could be sent to the national archives the national archives and records administrations asked the justice department to investigate trump's handling of records after the agency received 15 boxes of documents from trump uh, last month, the Washington Post reported the National Archives believes the information in these documents were classified. That's not all of Trump's apparent record-keeping problems on the House January the 6th committee has found gaps in the White House telephone logs as well. So logs and wads in the toilet, no logs in the telephone records. What absolute disaster. I always suspected Trump was a double flusher. Just think about how bad his digestion is when he's swallowing transcripts. I mean, he has verbal diarrhea and obviously there's other issues as well, but that's just ridiculous. I mean, this is a whole new definition of an unwanted floater. Allegedly, I think we have some uh, footage, some audio footage of the whole White House situation. Uh, I don't think we've got uh, any audio footage of Trump ingesting the documents here, but I think uh, maybe possibly and allegedly destroying the documents and uh, what uh, obviously happened after that.
Okay, so let's just hear that one more time here. Uh, okay, yeah. Yeah, that sounds like he sort of did have some plunging action. Oh, yeah, there are lots of, a lot of wads there. A couple of logs to break up. And there we go, uh, chocks away. Maybe I should start ingesting my own transcripts. That could be an idea. Transcripts of this show where people possibly misheard what I said. Maybe, maybe I was incredibly controversial one day and I need to basically either eat my transcripts or start flashing down the toilet because way on the podcast back in 2020, I said knickers. Or possibly, oh dear, I'm a little bit worried about this. Concerned here, maybe on one occasion I said pantaloons, or possibly under my breath one day when things weren't going right or it was a bad day, I might have uttered the word bugger. Bugger, bugger. Mm, yeah. I don't think I can eat it, but maybe flush it away, wash it out of my hair. So I tell you, I did do something rather delicious this morning for breakfast here. Is it, you know, I'm enjoying the biscuits and gravy. We're not talking about digestives or hobnobs with brown gravy. No, no, my British people. We're talking about the American biscuits and gravy. It's almost like a scone with this sort of, uh, I guess, peppery, sort of uh, slightly um, oniony white gravy to go over them. Anyway, so I had that with some scrambled eggs. That's the norm. But added the Pierre de Resistance, the smoked salmon on top of it. And it was absolutely phenomenal, um, but probably not on the same uh, not on the same level here. Uh, is uh, <laughs> IKEA apparently now uh, producing plant-based meat? Now I'm, I'm quite a big fan of the go there and have the uh, the boiled salmon with the white sauce or uh, the meatballs, Swedish meatballs. Love Swedish meatballs, but not so sure about the IKEA plant-based meat. I mean, it must be incredibly complicated to put together uh, a meal using the uh, plant-based meat. Like, you need step-by-step instructions. I mean, does it have instructions? Because if the uh, plant-based meat and the meal prepper, the meal planner, does have instructions, then I'm definitely not going to use it. So I posted a a picture of Maggie the Corgi on her back this morning having her uh, belly tickled or itched. Now, Maggie's got a bit of a rotund belly. And I think she got like a, a thousand views and many, many, many likes on Instagram. Uh, at Keep Coming Cauliflower Cheese on Instagram, if you want to follow my nonsense, basically. But the thing is, though, if I was like shirtless, basically laying on my back with my belly in the air and somebody scratching it, I mean, I might be lucky to get one and a half views, maybe on a good day. Certainly, if the sun was out and people are out, nobody'd be lucky. Maybe on a rainy day. Or there's maybe some special interested people out there who wants to see a rather uh, overweight British man on his back having his belly scratched. There are probably websites out there for that. Talking about British problems, though, very British problems official. Uh, Love the site uh, on Twitter, Instagram as well. Very British problems official. So this is some of the best from the week from them. Wondering how many times you have to say, right, yeah, um, I see. Well, uh, anyway, there you go. And great stuff before you're allowed to leave the conversation. And also 
from uh, very British problems. Uh, like British problems put out there in the outside world. And if you're trying to translate or get a sense of the British psyche, very British problems is amazing at that. Hmm, could do. Translation, I don't want to commit to saying no. That's a bit too direct, but I'm afraid I actually uh, do mean no. And there's a high chance that I think uh, what you've suggested is a terrible idea. Uh, so, uh, yeah, let's move on. Can't deny that a lot of men are physically attracted to them. Anyway, Slavic women are truly respect and appreciate American men. These ladies are passionate. They have been raised to respect family and traditional values. American guys are usually less passionate and emotional than Slavic men. It may seem that this could stop the local girls from looking for a foreign husband, but opposites attract. I mean, this is what I get. These are the sort of AI clips I get. Firstly, I'm not an American man. I mean, it seems like. American ladies have to get yourself maybe a Slavic man because they're more passionate. I don't know. Again, I still don't understand why if an American man is less passionate than a Slavic man, why would a Slavic be lady be looking for an American man? It's all very confusing. But they're the sort of um, AIL things I get. And then I get an advert for Cadbury's fingers. Yes, Cadbury's chocolate fingers. Um, and basically the tagline is uh, Cadbury's chocolate fingers for hands and fingers big and small. What are they trying to do to me? I'm seriously, I'm, I, now I want to go and find some Cadbury's fingers. Oh dear, I found some more transcripts from former podcasts of mine. Again, these transcripts are being produced, uh, I believe, for all podcasts now. And I found one podcast where, oh gosh, I don't know. I, hate to say that. Um, I, I said fiddlesticks. Oh, yeah, I said fiddlesticks on one podcast and... And then, uh, and then another thing, I think it was episode 102 of Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese. I might have said, whoops-a-daisies. All right, that, so what am I going to do? I'm going to take these transcripts here and uh, let me just, uh, yeah, let me just... Follow it sounds like somebody's got their head down the toilet. Now, that's what used to happen at boarding school. Anyway, you get the, you plunge the transcripts down, make them into a pulp, and then yeah, just flush them away, flush them away. I mean, there's alleged Trump transcripts being flushed down the toilet as well. But what do you do when you get an audio of this where, I mean, it looks like he sort of maybe wants to become King Donald. They're really tremendous people. They really are. And we love them in America, no matter what you hear. They, they are so great. I mean, outstanding. The monarchy is great. They're really great people. I mean, possibly, does that mean like the Trump wants some sort of monarchy here? Let's, they're, they're really tremendous people. They really are. And we love them in America, no matter what you hear. They, they are so great. I mean, outstanding. The monarchy is great. They're really great people. Maybe, a, maybe possibly a Trump monarchy, allegedly a Trump monarchy. So we've moved the whole keep calm and cauliflower cheese operation into... Uh, the kitchen area but we're trying a little bit of a uh, science experiment here so if you're bored at home and you're likely to have some fun at home activities and liven things up especially trying to entertain kids it's a wild science ex science experiment you can do it's, it's destructive and educational borrow this uh, popular parlor science uh, fair trick place a grape entirely split down the middle into a microwave heat it up in the microwave and watch it spark. Well, we don't have uh, any grapes, but we're going to try uh, a raisin and also a golden sultana. So we're going to take, uh, yeah, we have some lovely California raisins and golden sultanas, and we're going to put them into the uh, 
microwave. Oh, let me get rid of my uh, biscuits there. We don't want those being heated up. I'll put those in here. And uh, yeah, let's just put the uh, raisins in here for 30 seconds and see what happens. Uh, yes, so the raisins are spinning around, spinning around. Do we see anything yet here? They, I don't know if you've ever had a mince pie, but they conduct so much heat. Uh, it's like molten hot. So I imagine that if you put a, uh, a uh, raisin into uh, a microwave, that we could have an interesting effect. So we've had the microwave going for 30 seconds. Nothing's happened yet. So we're going to add another 30 seconds uh, to the grape and the golden sultana here. Here we go. We're going to add a... Oh, we're beginning to see a little bit of sparky action. A little bit of smoky smoky. Oh, and our 15 seconds left is beginning to smoke and indeed uh, spark here. So, oh, and, and oh, 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 And dare I say, obliteration. What we have left are charred, burnt embers. I think we could solve the energy crisis. Forget fossil fuel people. I think we could start heating our homes and powering our cars with raisins and golden sultanas i tell you something i think we've made a scientific breakthrough today i really do one of my favorite headlines of the week to do with trump and the whole toilet situation trump's toilet obsession just took a dark turn well maybe he needs to eat more fruit and vegetables and then harry and megan terrorized uh, by a bad smell the, uh, maybe it's the smell that is emanating from Spotify for them having a $25 million contract and only recording one 35-minute podcast. Prince Harry and Prince uh, and, and uh, Meghan, <laughs> Prince Meghan, have finally found peace. They don't really work. They're taking it easy, and they couldn't even attend the Queen's Platinum, Platinum Jubilee. And Prince Harry has decided that money is fake. All should be going smoothly for this beautiful family. According to the Sun, their home has been overtaken by a foul smell of not wanting to do a day's work in their lives. No, an actual foul smell, leaving neighbours disgusted. Their home in Montecito smells like shit, basically. Uh, nearly a 42-acre saltwater marsh, according to some quotes by residents who spoke to the Mirror. It smells almost as bad as Prince Andrew's court case. Apparently the smell is so bad, people had to pull over their cars while driving along the road. I feel truly sorry for them. They've really been through a lot. Finally, they've got the home of their dreams and it's ruined by the smell of a rotting marsh. Uh, but knowing Harry and Meghan, anything is possible um, when it comes to this type of thing. Remember the 2016 wedding, wedding? It allegedly smelled posh candles thanks to diffusers set all through St. George's Chapel that masked the stench of family betrayal, colonialism and farts. Oh, obviously, Camilla's very sensitive to the old presidential fart. And in local news, Mushroom Rabbi grows ceremonial psilocybin for Denver, Denver congregation. So, I mean, if you're having magic mushrooms during a, a Jewish congregation sort of service, then I think, um, yeah, I'd get the munchies. I would want a bunch of blintzes. Magic mushrooms and blintzes during the congregation might go down rather well. And the key to a happy relationship are two rows a month and sex five times a week. Uh, really, this is from Esther Walker, uh, Giles Corrin's uh, 
wife on the verge of divorce stopped right there with a petition. A hotel chain has commissioned a survey of 2,000 married couples. That's a lot of headboard crashing and sheets that need to be washed. I mean, that's a lot of work. 2,000 couples. First communication. The survey says that the happiest couples have six meaningful conversations, three long walks, and two barnstorming rows each month. And there's no detail on the suggested content of these meaningful conversations. I mean, what's for dinner? Hot dogs. Uh, or the husbands may be refusing to replace the toilet roll on the spindle instead of just leaving the fresh roll balanced somewhere stupid. And you know what? At the moment, my toilet roll is balanced somewhere stupid. I think I need to go and uh, fix that. Uh, so the barnstorming rows sound uh, positively fun. Three long, vigorous walks. Uh, and then uh, those bliss twosomes of the survey said they had to set sex five times a week. Five times a week. That's 20 times a fortnight. Uh, kiss two or three times a day. And cuddle 11 times a week. I mean, was somebody in the room here keeping tally of all of this? We talk about the <laughs> lecherous louche from the top of the show. I mean, who's here? Like, he's licking his pens and keeping notes here and keeping a tally. I mean, what's he doing? Is he clicking every time they kiss? Or, um, I mean, does he follow the whole situation through to completion, through to climax, and then he clicks? Oh, yep, that's it. Well done, there we go. How's your father? That's two times this week. Oh, lovely job. It's going to be fantastic. Trump or trombone. Figuring out what to wear before a first date can be tricky, with throwing together an effortlessly stylish outfit becoming an absolute minefield when you're trying to make a lasting impression on the other person. Yeah, I think one of my early dates, uh, I wore a, uh, a beige suit. No, I think it was my cream or a white suit, a brown shirt and a brown pocket square. And my shoulders looked like an American football player. There we go. I knew I'd get a reference in there for you Super Bowl fans. That's the only American football reference you're going to get from me probably until the end of Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese. For many women, a decent pair of leather trousers can be a great option for winter dates, uh, being a flattering and timelessly fashionable wardrobe staple. However, for one businesswoman, her pants ended up letting her down in a pretty hilarious way. Talking to TikTok, Julie Greggs, co-founder of the Foreplay Double Dating app, revealed that she thought her leather pants looked great while on a date. However, did she expect them to suddenly start shredding at an alarming rate? In the video, Judy can be seen throwing, the damage, uh, throwing and showing the damage done to her once trendy trousers, now practically falling apart, much to the amusement of her followers. Uh, one uh, record had a duffel bag like this, and it disintegrated mid-travel, shred all over the airport, and plain so embarrassing. I thought we all learned from Ross not to wear leather pants uh, on a date. So basically, the leather started to perish and started to basically reveal the altogether. I mean, that'll definitely teach her uh, not to down with dog one leathered. And another Valentine flavored story in Trump or Trombone here. According to new research by Petcare Marketplace Rover, Brits are likely to match with somebody whose online dating profile includes a dog. Well, it has worked for me. Rover recently surveyed more than a thousand pet owners who'd used dating apps and found that over three quarters, 76% of them, would be more likely to match with somebody who featured a dog in their photos or bio. Over half the single pet parents confessed to including a dog 
in their dating profile to increase their chances of drawing a potential match. Over a quarter, 24% had no shame in admitting they had featured a dog that wasn't their own in order to spark a conversation with their love interest. I mean, how about this one? How about a dog holding a fish? Bonanza. Many of us, the birth of our first child is likely to be one of the most important moments of our lives and for dads missing out on the moment your baby is born would be devastating. But one mum-to-be on Reddit has left furious with her husband as it seems he has other priorities that clash with the impending arrival of their baby and he's not willing to compromise. Sharing a story anonymously, the 25-year-old pregnant woman revealed that she's due to give birth in March on the exact day that Batman is due to hit cinemas. And her husband, 28, is determined to see Robert Pattinson in the action hero Bruce Wayne and his crime-fighting alter ego on the same day. My husband and I are expecting a baby. As you may know, there's a new Batman movie releasing in early March. My husband is a big fan of that kind of stuff. The issue is that our estimated due date is exactly on that date. I know that only a fraction of babies are born on the exact date. Um, but uh, it could be one of those cases according to her husband he has no choice but to see the Matt Reeves Helm, Helm film on opening day otherwise he opens himself up to potential spoilers I think the biggest spoiler may be for him that he may get a divorce after this I mean the wife needs to get a spotlight shadow it needs to sort of emanate and project one finger onto the screen as he views Batman is basically him not attending the birth of the baby is a big F you. So I think you need to bring your love, your partner, your wife, husband, whoever it is. You know, maybe the pool cleaner, uh, maybe your butler, whoever it is. Breakfast in bed on Valentine's Day. Or maybe tomorrow, if you're working Monday, maybe tomorrow. So I... To make it easy for you, I'm going to tell you how to make breakfast in bed specifically bacon in a microwave to save you time. Secret for our extra crispy results here. Okay, cooking bacon in a microwave is easy, mess-free, hands-off. It's best for when you want to cook small batches, uh, so make the most of your microwave at once. Four to six slices only if you're going to do this. And this will get them fairly crispy. So large microwave-safe plate four to six slices of bacon without folding them, paper towels or microwave bacon cooker. Line the plate with paper towels, four sheets of paper towels on the plate, arrange the bacon in a single layer, place the bacon slices on top of the paper towels in a single layer, making sure the bacon doesn't overlap. The bacon won't cook, it'll be soft and mushy if it overlaps. Top the bacon with more paper towels. Top the bacon with two more sheets of paper towels and then put the plate in the microwave. The bacon should be fully covered with paper towels. Then microwave the bacon on high for one minute per slice. So six rashers. You know what? It's six minutes. Even my terrible mathematics can, uh, can work that out. All microwaves aren't created equal. So you should take a look at the bacon halfway through the cooking to see how quickly it's cooking. If it looks almost done, don't cook it to the full amount of time. So you can always add time to cook in small increments, but you can't uncook burnt bacon. And if your microwave's on fire, similar to my little test with the raisins and golden sultanas earlier, that's not the most romantic smell to wake up to. But wafting bacon, <sighs> wafting bacon, going through the house, waking up your spouse, I tell you something, if you're not used to a bit of uh, a bit of house of father in the morning, 
in the morning and I think the smell of bacon wafting through the house is somewhat an aphrodisiac. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. It's been lovely having you here on this love weekend here. Yes, I hope you have a lovely time. Again, don't get the discounted flowers. You know, nice box of chocolates. No, the limp balls will melt even the coldest of hearts if you uh, if you can't find anything or don't want to put anything together here. But have a wondrous time. Enjoy. Like and subscribe to the podcast. You can listen to the podcast anywhere. As those raisins were sizzling along earlier before they caught fire, I could hear Keep Coming Cauliflower Cheese emanating from the embers of the raisin and the golden sultana. You can hear it everywhere. Spotify, Apple Music, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Slacker, Breaker, Audible, Amazon Music, everywhere. You can hear it absolutely everywhere. But if you like music, I am on Spotify still. Yes, I'm still on Spotify. If you like music, we have a little bit of lounge lizards going on. We have a, some Apache bongo bands, some suede, Rapper's Delight. We have some Arrested Development. We have some Father John Mystery. Uh, we have some uh, Chocolate with 1975, XTC, Divine Comedy, Sexosonique, Prince, and uh, also the uh, lovely werewolves of London and Motherland Journey as well. Blue Lab Society basically music for every taste every genre anything that indeed tickles your fancy coming up next we have a love poem this is john betjeman's sol burton's love song miss j hunter dunn miss j hunter dunn furnished and burnished by aldershot son what strenuous singles we played after tea we in the tournament you against me love 30 love 40 a weakness of joy the speed of the swallow the grace of a boy with carefulest carelessness gaily you won i'm weak for you from your loveliness joan hunter dunn miss joan hunter dunn miss joan hunter dunn how i'm mad sad i am glad that you won the warm-handled racket is back in its press and my shock-headed victor she loves me though less her father's unanimous shines as we walk and swing past the summer house buried in talk and call the vendra that welcomes us to the six o'clock news and the lime juice and gin the scent of the conifers sound of the bath the view from my bedroom of moss dappled path as i struggle with double end and evening tie we dance at the golf club my victor and i on the floor of the bedroom lie blazer and shorts, the cream-coloured walls of a trophy to his sports, and westering questioning settles the sun. Oh, you low-leaded window, Miss Joan Hunter Dunn. The hillman is waiting, the lights in the hall, the pictures of Egypt are bright on the wall. My sweet, I'm standing beside the oak stair, and then on the landing, light on your hair. By roads not adapted, by woodland way, she drove to the club in late summer haze, into nine o'clock Camberley, heavy with bells and mushroomy pine woody evergreen smells miss joan hunter dunn miss joan hunter dunn i can hear from the car park the dance has begun oh full sorry twilight importunate band oh strongly adorable tennis girl's hand around us are rovers and austins afar above the intimate roof of the car and here on the right is a girl of my choice with the tilt of her nose and the chime of her voice and the scent of the rap and the words never said and the ominous ominous dancing ahead we sat in the car park till 20 to 1 and now i'm engaged to miss joan hunter dunn tremendous having you here for the podcast happy valentine's weekend one and all and i will see you again next week stay healthy don't slip over and keep warm and very cuddly this weekend. Next time, cheerio.